0: All right, we're going to be in Psalm tonight. In the Psalm, Psalm 47. This is a short Psalm, only nine verses. Psalm 47. If if any of you have been listening to the Wednesday night services online, we've covered uh, been the last. Two or three weeks we've been in the Psalms, and we've been looking at Psalms that are uh, uh, called in their titles uh, Psalms that are of the sons of Korah. And now, this, the sons of Korah probably weren't the ones who wrote these songs, but they were probably the ones who sang these songs or led uh, the, the Israelite people in singing these songs. And so, uh, these particular Psalms, for sure, that we've been looking at the last few weeks that are. Uh, psalm of the sons of Korah. These were things that would have been sung by the people of Israel and maybe even some instruments that would have been played. And we don't really know exactly uh, when some of these psalms were written, what the event was or what the, uh, the, the time of singing were or what the significance was, uh, but they're still praising the Lord. They're acknowledging God for what he has done. And uh, here is another one of these songs uh, uh, of the sons of Korah. Uh, that we're going to look at tonight. So let's pray and then we will jump into Psalm 47. God, we come to you tonight and we thank you that we can meet again. And I pray that you just would keep us safe and uh, tonight and, and Sunday, whenever we come back and keep all of our church members safe, both the ones that are here and the ones that aren't able to come yet. And God, I pray that you would help this virus to clear up soon and help us not to Worry about that, but just help us to be able to come and worship you and fellowship together, and we just thank you for the opportunity to do that tonight. Thank you for keeping us safe through the storm, God. We we did have a little 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 trouble here and there with power, but God, that's that's nothing. And we just thank you for taking good care of us and getting us through, even when we didn't have all the the modern amenities that we wanted. God, you still provided, and we thank you for that. And we just give you the glory. And I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and help me to preach and teach and. do a good job with your word tonight that the Holy Spirit would speak through me and to each one of us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Psalm 47, for the choir director, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all you peoples, shout to God with a jubilant cry, for Yahweh the Most High is awe-inspiring, a great king over all the earth. He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. He chooses for us our inheritance, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. Now, whatever event is, is going on here, it could be an event that took place in Israel's past. They simply could be remembering how God had delivered them in the past and thinking back on things that God had done. They were just simply praising the Lord. It could be that there is a certain event that's happening uh, for Israel as this is being written. Some enemies that had come against them, some deliverance that God had given them. Whether it's a current event or a past event that they're praising the Lord for, we don't know. Uh, but we can relate to that because there are things that happen in our life, things that God does for us. He delivers us. He provides for us. He gives us strength and we praise the Lord. And even sometimes we think back at things maybe that happened years ago and we Praise the Lord, too. Now, it says here that they clap their hands, and they are singing, and they are shouting, and they are praising God. Now, as Baptists, we don't typically uh, shout and and, and scream and clap our hands. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, But even if we don't maybe respond in the same way that the the psalmist was, was writing about here, we still have times of excitement in our life where God does great things in our life. And we praise God all the same from our heart, maybe if we're not clapping our hands, but maybe sometimes you do clap your hands. Maybe you do yell out a good praise the Lord. Maybe you do say thank you, God. Maybe you do uh, vocalize and show your love and your praise of the Lord for something he's done. And that's what these uh, the people of Israel here are doing. They are praising God for something he's either done from them for them while this is being written are something that they are praising Him for just because of His greatness that has come in the past. Now in verse two it says, for Yahweh the Most High is awe-inspiring. Now some of your translations uh, may say something different there. Uh, the King James says, uh, for Yahweh is terrible. Now that's, a, that's kind of a rough translation. That's something we kind of have to talk about. That's one of those verses if you just took that part out of context, you think, whoa, wait a minute, it's saying that God is terrible. Well, that's probably the closest to accurate. Mine says awe-inspiring, but that's probably not the closest to what the Hebrew says. Uh, but, more, but to understand that when it says God is terrible, uh, what it may mean there is that, is that we should fear the Lord, that God is terrifying. That is, he should be feared. And if you have a NASB, uh, it will say something in that kind of language, that uh, there should be a fear of the Lord. Now that's something that we see throughout the proverbs that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and I think that that's probably if you have a King James and it says God is terrible, it doesn't mean that He's terrible. It means that He is terrifying, or that He is He is deserving of of some fear and some respect that comes from. His power, not to say that he isn't all inspiring or some other words are awesome. Maybe some of your translations say that. He is all of those things too, but probably the most accurate there is that he is a powerful God and we should be reverent to him. We should respect him. We should fear him. And that fear uh, should lead us to wisdom and draw us closer to him. But there's a lot of praise going on here. There's the acknowledgement at the end of verse 2 that he is a great king over all the earth. God is over everything. Now, that's something that we should know when we read through Scripture, (coughs) and we are reminded of it here, that yes, God is in control. There is not a thing that happens that God is not over, that God is not aware of. Uh, and so God knows what's going on, and He is in control of everything that is going on. It says in verse three, He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. Now, uh, it's hard to know what this was written about because Israel had many nations that they that they came up against, especially as they went into the promised land. There were lots of nations that were that were much bigger than them, much more powerful than them. But Israel was still over, able to overtake those nations because. God was with them. And so this would be applicable at any time in in, in Israel's history. Uh, God was often with them when they came up against enemies. And when they were obedient to God, God was with them, and their enemies would never overcome them. Now, the same is true for you and I. God is in control of everything. He is over everything. And when we trust in God, our enemy cannot overtake us. We will not be overcome by our enemies. And they are praising God here because of his greatness, and because the enemies that were up against the Israelites could not stand against the power of the Lord. <coughs> verse 4 he says, He chooses for us our inheritance, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. So obviously, God had chosen his people. He had already promised them an inheritance in the promised land, and God had fulfilled all of his promises to his people. He did that in the Old Testament, and guess what? God is still fulfilling promises to his people today that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that that we are going to be forgiven of our sins, that we will one day be with God for all of eternity. And just as he promised his people in the Old Testament and land, so he promises us today who put our faith in Jesus Christ in eternity with him. God is a God who will keep his promises. Verse 5, it says... God ascends among shouts of joy. The Lord among the sound of trumpets. Now, this verse uh, we could kind of take it a couple of different ways. Now, uh, there are some some scholars who say that this psalm is 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 speaking of things that are going to happen in the future speaking of god's greatness in an ultimate sense when when all the enemies are dealt with and and, and god comes for us and everything is good some would say this is all written in a future sense uh, and it could be it could it could uh, apply to the future but it also could apply to the past and when we see this language here that god ascends among shouts of joy Uh, Perhaps we are reminded of passages like Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. If you want to turn there, you can. And that's speaking of Jesus, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, When he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity, he gave gifts to the people. Now, that part of, of Ephesians 4 8 is actually a quote from Psalm 68, 18. But it's a quote that is applied to Jesus in that he is the one who ascended. That is, he came to this earth, he gave his life, and God raised him from the dead, and he ascended back to heaven. And uh, Paul goes on to explain that to us in verse 9. He says, But what does he ascended mean except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. So Paul, he clarifies that to us. He He quotes this Psalm 68, but he applies it to Jesus and said, Look, Jesus is the one who ascended. Now, that's the same language that we see speaking of God in Psalm 47, that God ascended. And that same language is applied to Jesus, that Jesus ascended. He ascended because he descended. He descended to earth. He fulfilled his mission. uh, He gave his life on a cross, and he ascended uh, back to heaven. So we see a similar language there uh, to what we see in Psalm 47, if you want to flip back there. God ascends among shouts of joy, the Lord among the sound of the trumpet. So we could apply these verses to Jesus because we know that Jesus ascended. Uh, it's also possible, I suppose, we could apply these verses to even God in the Old Testament, because there were times that God was among the people, that He was uh, with Moses in the in the uh, the Tent of Meeting, uh, or He was with the people in the pillar of, of 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 cloud and the and the and the fire guiding them on their journey to the Promised Land. Now, God was among them in that way, uh, but He didn't always stay among them. The rest of the time, He was in heaven. So we make it even apply to those instances where God was among among the people, uh, but then he ascended back to heaven. It's also possible that we could apply this idea about uh, God ascending and shouts of joy and the sound of trumpets. We also could apply this to maybe the Ark of the Covenant being taken into the temple. Now if you go and read in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it talks about when Solomon built the temple, they took the, the Ark of the Covenant, and the priests went, and they took it in, and they were shouting, and they were singing, and they were blowing trumpets as they were bringing the Ark into the holy place of the temple. Now, this language could also be talking about that, acknowledging that God is in the temple. And so it could be that this is symbolic language. We see lots of symbolic language in the Old Testament. And so this could be something pointed to the future, maybe in part it is, uh, but it very well could just be applying to something that's going on at that time, uh, in particular the Ark of the Covenant, or maybe even just recognizing things that God had done for Israel in their past. All right, in verse 6 it says, Sing praise to God, sing praise, sing praise to our king, sing praise. Sing a song of wisdom, for God is king of all the earth. There's that reminder that God is king of all the earth, that there, is, that there is nothing or no one who will ever overtake God. God has always been in control, and God will always be controlled. There is no earthly power. Uh, there is no spiritual power. There is nothing that we are to feel fear, not people of this world, not the devil, not anything. God is over all things. He is king of all things. In verse 8, God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the people have assembled with the people of the God of Abraham. For the leaders of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Now, perhaps this last part of this psalm is, is, is good for us to consider, especially now in, in this country, We've got a presidential election coming up. Now, that happens every four years, but this verse is a good reminder that for the leaders of the earth belong to God. Now, we see other scriptures that tell us that, that God puts those in authority that need to be in authority, whether we like it or not. Now, if we had our way, we would put this person or that person or whoever, but oftentimes the person that God allows to be in authority in our country or in other countries May not be the person that some people want, but whoever God places into a position of authority, it is God who is doing it. But it shouldn't matter to us who the earthly kings are and the earthly leaders are, because God is greater than the earthly kings and the earthly leaders. We don't serve our earthly kings and leaders. We serve God who is our king, the same God that the Israelites in Psalm 47 served. He is above all. He is the king of the earth. He is over all of the leaders of the earth, and he is to be greatly exalted. And we can praise God in the midst of whatever happens in our country. No matter how good things may be or how bad things may be, God is worthy to be exalted. He should be greatly exalted. We should praise the Lord. Maybe we read this psalm and maybe we think, well, there's not enough times in my life that I praise the Lord. Well, maybe there aren't. Maybe there are things that you need to reflect on and say, okay, God has been good to me in this way. God has provided for me. God has cared for me. God has given me strength. God has delivered me. And you know what? I need to praise God for that because God is good. We may miss that sometimes because, well, we see a lot of bad in our world. We see a lot of bad that goes on. We see it on the news. We even see it in our own lives. We have. Things that go on in our life that are tough, just stresses and, and all these worries that come and just things that burden us down. There are all these things that we all experience in our life. And sometimes those things can overshadow the good that God has done for us, even in the midst of things like this storm that we just went through. We could easily say, man, we were that power for three days and that was horrible. But in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't that big of a deal. God was pretty good to us. We had it pretty easy, especially compared to a lot of people. We lost power for a few days, but even in the midst of that, God provided cool weather for us. So we don't really have much to complain about, but sometimes we may find ourselves complaining more about the things that have happened uh, instead of the things that God has done for us. And we need to stop and recognize, you know what? God is good to us, and he is better to us than we deserve. And we might need to spend more time praising and exalting the Lord. We need to remember, okay, God, things are tough. Things don't look good. Things may not be going the way I want, but God, I'm going to trust you. I know that you're in control. I know that you are all powerful and I'm going to praise you just the same because of the great things that you've done. <clears throat> all throughout the past of the Bible, all throughout my past, and God, whatever you're doing here in the present and whatever you do in the future, I'm going to trust you just the same. And these Psalms are a good reminder for us, I think, to look at uh, how, how, how we should be. Because some of these Psalms we look at, David is, boy, he is really mourning over sin in his life. Sometimes he's rejoicing. Sometimes we see uh, Psalms like these uh, that may very well have been written by David, where there's this rejoicing in the Lord. And there's a lot that we can learn because these things apply to uh, the same situations we go through, sin and depression and enemies that come against us. Good days, bad days, whatever it may be, the Psalms talk about it. So if you ever need some help, the best thing to do, I think, is open up the Psalms and read a couple a day. And chances are, by the time the week's up, you're gonna find a Psalm to fit whatever situation you're going through because boy, there are some good ones in there that cover everything. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these good words. And I pray God that we would we would be found faithful to praise you. Dear Lord, sometimes we, we, we may complain a little more than we should about things that go on, things that may be tough, God, but There are so many good things you do for us, so many ways that you provide for us. So let us not be uh, blinded to that by these worries of the world that the devil puts on us, but God, let us praise you just the same on the good days and the bad days to know that you are with us through it all. Let us rejoice in you just as uh, this psalm did tonight, that we would praise you for all that you've done in our life. And God, we don't have to look far to see the blessings that you've given us because, uh, dear Lord, they're abundant. Even on our worst days, you are still so good to us, dear Lord, and we thank you for your goodness. And I pray, God, that we would just trust you through whatever happens, that we remember that no matter what happens in this world, that you are still in control, that you are over all the nations and all the leaders, the kings and the presidents, whoever it may be, dear Lord. We thank you for our men and women that lead, But God, we don't trust them, we trust you. And so God, I pray that we would never be found guilty trusting another man or another woman, but that we would trust you in all that we do, dear Lord, and all that you do. And uh, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't always like it, God, we have to know that you are right in all you do. So help us not to forget that and help us to praise you all the more. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.